Amen. Yeah, listen. It's not going to hurt you to take a minute, 30 seconds, or two minutes a day to pray for our nation. You just need to be reminded. And if everybody would do that, oh, man, I'll tell you, what would the country be like? What would this nation be like if everybody just walked in the will of God? I mean, it's, there's people like the guy that stole our van. They just, they just don't know. They haven't been woke, woke up or what the word awakened <laughs> to the to the knowledge of and understanding of God as Savior in their lives. They don't know what we know. They don't have it. They don't know the truth. They would keep them and out of trouble like that. That would not let them make no decisions. You know, the Holy Spirit is our guide. He helps us. And when we're, when we're getting ready to be tempted about something, guess who comes in? He does. He comes in to remind us. That's not who you are. That's what He says. He doesn't condemn you. He knows we're not perfect and He knows we're going to make mistakes. But most of the time, when I, and I got saved when I was 14, but I made a lot of mistakes. Until I got to about 26 and then I started following chasing after God. I ain't made a mistake since. No, I'm not perfect. I'm not. But but when, when I started chasing after God and I started following God, everything began to change in my life. Because I didn't trust in myself anymore. I trusted in Him. And I gave Him my all. He gave me His best. I'm starting to live and give Him my best. And it's not always the best. Amen? I'm not always perfect. But things have gotten so much better. when It's like living colors, like that NBC peacock. Boy, it just opened up everything in my life. And uh, that's the life that God's called us to live, in that abundance, in that radiance that He's designed and, and called us to. This, this new series we're in, been, this is the part six today in the series, Family, God's Design. And we're going to talk about man's role as husband. Uh-oh, so husbands, if you want to leave right now. No, listen, we're going to, we're, I, want to, I want to just preface this teaching today. With uh, with this, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to get you and your wife into a fight. <laughs> Heads came up, but but I'm going to touch on some things today. I, I shouldn't say it like that. I'm going to touch on some truths from the Word of God today, and sometimes the truth hurts. Sometimes the truth you don't want to hear. But so, I'm, I'm here to tell you, but every time the truth will set you free and the truth will help you. So listen to what I have to say. I'm not going to call names. I'm not going to call anybody out. You hear it. And wives, wives, listen to me right now. Don't you be hitting your husband or something like that when I say something that you're not doing or whatever like that. Uh, this is a teaching moment. For all of us. And I want to tell you, it's, it's, it took me years to learn this too. Kim's finally getting me to the place where she really wants me. And, uh, but it took me a long time to get her where I wanted her too. But listen, we're going to talk about the husband's role in the family. But we're, in, a, in a few weeks, we're going to talk about the wife's role as well. Amen. We're going to get into all that in the next few weeks. Yeah, that'll be your turn, guys. Hey, hey. So... But today, we're going to talk about the husband's role, the man's role as husband and father in the, in the, in the house. So let's pray. Father, I ask you to, to uh, send uh, grace into this place. Uh, 
for the, for the marriages, the people who are married here today. Lord, uh, our intention and my intention and your intention is not to cause any kind of strife or division. You've called marriages to become one and they are together, one in Christ. And uh, help us to realize that these are some helpful points that could maybe, that maybe there's some issues going on in the marriage that you can help restore them and bring them back together as one today. And uh, I have ask you to help me to deliver it in a way that uh, people will receive it. Both husband and wife will receive it today in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. And uh, we'll look at the, what the Word of God says. This is what the Word of God says, not Alan. Not Pastor Allen, but the Word. Ephesians chapter 5. And we're going to start in verse 25. Where it says, and this is the New King James Version. So yours may be a little different. But it says, husbands, love your wives. That's a good first step right there, right? Amen. I mean, what would you marry her for? <laughs> if you didn't love her. Thought you going to work into it or something? You know, when Kim and I got married, we were we got married in 1974 in the Episcopal Church right across the street from my house. But uh, and we wanted to get married in a church because we wanted to. We want that's just the right thing to do at that time in '74. That was the place to go to the church, and that's where we went to church. And uh, so it was easy for me. All the groomsmen, we were right across the street in my big old house, and uh, I just walked across. Kim had to come from a few blocks down with her family and everybody, but. But we didn't really, we, we got married in the church, but as soon as we left that church, God was not in our lives anywhere. Wasn't in our lives on the honeymoon, or Kim got sick that first night. She got sick. Went to the, went to the hotel in Austin, Sheraton Hotel, right on the river. Beautiful place. I watched TV all night. <laughs> she got sick. And she, what was it you, that made you sick? The flowers? Mm-hmm. The flowers or something she was wearing. Gardenias. They nauseated her. And she got sick. So when we got there, she got sick. I said, honey, just go to bed. It's okay. I'll watch movies. So I watched TV all night. No, not all night. But then then we got up and left that. Went on the honeymoon. So anyway, we had fun. I don't want to tell you all that. We don't need to get into all that. But we had some fun. Anyway, come back. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ. Uh-oh. Read this part, guys. Everybody. Just as Christ. Husband, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Do you love your wives that much? How much is that? Uh-huh, that's, a, that's quite a bit. Just as much as Christ loved the church. Also, as Christ loved the church. Okay. Y'all just need to read this slow today. Take it home and read it slow. Go through it slow. That he might sanctify, verse 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he, this, this he is talking about God, it's capitalized, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she, may, she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Now, I was uh, telling Kim last night, I was looking at myself in the mirror. 
I got out of the shower. I had my underwear on, though. And I was, no, I was just admiring my body. <laughs> what are y'all laughing about? Yeah, I've been doing some work on this thing. And it looks pretty good now. It's a lot better than it did, you know, six months ago. It looks a little better now. I showed Kim my abs. They're still there. Yeah. They still, I, really, did I have some rolls there, honey? I think I'm lying. They're still under there. They just got a little bit of layer of fat on them. And another layer. <laughs> Where was I at? As their own bodies. See, their own bodies. So I was admiring my body. And I love my body. I want it to look a lot better than it does than it does right now. When I go get my hair cut, I tell the lady that cuts my hair, make me look like George Clooney. And she almost does, you know, everything. <laughs> Where am I at again? This is little print. For no one, okay. He who loves, okay. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. See, the, the whole thing Jesus is trying to get across to his disciples and everybody, and Paul's here exhorting us in these letters. He said, we need to learn how to love ourselves. We learn how to love others, but we need to learn how to love ourselves as well. And I love myself. Not, it's not a prideful thing. I love myself because I know Jesus died for me. I was worth it to Him. And so are you. Every one of you. I don't care how ugly you think you are. You were worth it to Him. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it. Man, I work hard on this thing. I try to eat right. I try to make myself look good. I exercise at least once a year. <laughs> just as the Lord does the church. Cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of His body, of His flesh, and His bones. For this reason, a man should leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. When I married Kim... I just became a whole lot better. Me. Us together became great in the eyes of God. We were beautiful. We, were, we became one. We didn't know it at the time. We didn't know it until we got to following after God and seeing what His Word said. Then we realized, man, you know, we're one in the eyes of God, me and her. That's awesome. This is the great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself. And let the wife see that she respects her husband. Amen. Now, did y'all read that last sentence? Let the wife see that she respects her husband. But it goes both ways. Now, this morning, we're talking about the role of the father in the family. And the first role... Of the Father, and you might want to, wives, if your husband's not here today, get a copy of this and take it home to him. It's free. We give all our CDs away free. And I just want him to hear it. Just ask him to put it in his truck when he's going to work or wherever he has to play it in. The first role of the Father is to be the husband to the wife. That's your first role. 
First role as, your fa- as a father. Ephesians 5.25 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Now, that's, that's a love I don't know you guys, husbands, have ever even considered. But that's a powerful love. And you need to recognize that. That's a powerful love. And that's what the Bible's talking about, you as a husband, how you should love your wife. It's going to help somebody. Your marriage is going to make, just explode into gloriness. Is gloriness a word? Radiance. This is the first command that God gave the husband toward the wife. Some husbands think that the moment they're in authority over the family, it means command, command, command. But God, who is our example, is love before, first before any commands are ever given to us. He's love first. God is love. For God so loved the world that He gave. The problems we get into by the misconceptions about authority and submission which we talked about last week, you remember. If you weren't here, get that too. From the verses we read a moment ago, is forgetting that the husband is commanded by God, he's commanded by God to love his wife. Husbands, fathers, you're commanded by God to love your wife. Even if she doesn't cook your breakfast in the morning. You're commanded to love her. Ephesians 5.23 says that the husband is not only the head of the wife, but he is also the savior of the body. Now, this is not Alan saying this. This is the word of God saying this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit through Paul. He wrote this. And the word savior, the word head here used here is actually means source of life. That's what it means. The source of life. He's the head of the wife. So he's the source of life for the wife. But he's also the savior of the body. And the word savior here literally means provider of everything. Kim likes that. Yeah. That's the word of God. That's not me. That's the word of God. In the case of Jesus, he provided divine salvation, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the daily provisions of life to us all. He's provided all that for us today. His bride, you're his bride. The church today, male and female, we're brides. Yeah, I didn't much care. I didn't like that, but that's the way it is. Amen. <laughs> we're the bride. So God intends for the husbands to be, in a sense, the savior of the home. He's the provider. And in addition to natural provisions, he should provide love, stability, comfort, and safety through prayer and applying the principles of God's Word to his family. Should I repeat that? In addition to the natural provisions. What's the natural provisions? Food, shelter. Yeah. Food, shelter, comfort, protection. Literally those things. But he should provide love, stability. Are you listening to me, husbands? Love, stability, comfort, and safety through prayer and and applying the principles of God's Word to his family. Now, I can say, I can get right here and testify to you all today and and confess that I haven't done all that all my married life. We're going to be married 45 years in April. I haven't done all that all the time. I haven't. I'll admit to you, none of us in this room is perfect. 
And none of us, we all fall way short. Amen. So, so guys, don't, don't think I'm, don't feel, now listen, the devil's the one that comes and puts guilt and shame on you. Why haven't you done this? Why haven't you done this? That's the devil. He's a liar. His pants are on fire. His nose is longer than a what? That's right. But again, God is the authority and Jesus Christ is in submission to Him. God gives us, He gives His love to the Son and then the Son returns love back to the Father. The same principle should be practiced in the home. The husband gives his love to the wife and the wife returns that love to the husband. Woo! Can somebody say amen? The father and mother give love to their children, and the children return that love to the mother and father. What a world. What a world. Amen? He may give commands to the wife or to the children, but fathers, listen to me, and this is very important, fathers. Before commands are ever given, I think this is in money, before commands are ever given, love must be provided. Amen. No. Now, probably some of your wives, some of you wives are getting your feathers ruffled a little here, but because it's not this way in your home. Maybe your husband is not like this at all. Maybe he's got a lot of faults and failures as a husband and as a father. But listen, remember this. There was only one who was perfect. There was only one who was perfect. And, and we all know your husband is not perfect. Now, Kim knows I am. She does. No, I'm not. And Jesus taught that the test of your love for Him is to keep His commandments. And remember what I said this morning about keeping the commandments? You can discipline yourself to keep the commandments. But you'll, you'll profit more if you allow Him to lead you. And if He's leading you, you will fall in line with the commandments all the time. Follow Jesus. We're called to be Christians we're called to be followers of Jesus. And so we, when we're followers of Jesus, then we do what Jesus did. And we act like Jesus did. I say, I, you know, I tell you today, is we have all this social media. And there are people who I know go to this church or go to some other church. And I see the stuff they post on Facebook. And I think, you're supposed to be a Christian. You're... you're those words are not supposed to be printed or, or spoken out of your mouth. What, 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 what's going on? People? And, and, and besides that, people know where you go to church. You see, so you're not helping yourself by doing that. Okay. You still love me? Yes. <laughs> but depend on Him. Rely on the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you in your lives. And when you get ready to post something, that he'll, he'll warn you. He'll tell you, uh, that's not who you are. You better not put that in print. Because once it's in print, it don't go away. You might can delete it, but somebody else got it. Anyway. So, Jesus taught that the test of your love for him is to keep his commandments. And you can only do that by the grace of God. And through his strength. Through His love, not yours. Amen? God's ideal order for the family is that the husband is to be the guide for the family. That's the ideal for all the family. But not, not every home is like that. 
Not every home. Remember I said last week, these are guidelines. These are not law. This is not law. These are guidelines. And they're godly guidelines. And wives, by responding with a submissive heart, you are expressing the measure of love you have for your husband and for the Lord Jesus Christ. You respond in love. But remember what we said. Submission will not involve anything contrary to God's Word. Submission will not involve anything that's contrary to God's Word. It is loving obedience to the one placed over you. Whether that be a husband, a parent, or for children who aren't young yet adults, who aren't yet adults, uh, or, or even an employer. Submission to that authority that's placed over you. Okay, back to Ephesians 5.25. The Message Bible says it like this. It says, Husbands, go all out in your love for your wives, exactly as Christ did for the church. A love marked by giving, not getting. Do you have the message? Did I not put it on there? Well, just listen to me then. Husbands, go all out in your love for your wives, exactly as Christ did for the church. A love marked by giving, not getting. Christ's love makes the church whole. His word evokes her beauty. Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her, dressing her in dazzling white silk, radiant with holiness. And that is how husbands ought to love their wives. They're really doing themselves a favor since they're already one in marriage. So husbands, listen, when you, when you adore your wife and you, feel, you just flood her with comments, compliments, and praises, you're actually doing it for yourself as well because you're one together. Wives, what would you do if your husband loved you like that? <laughs> yeah. You'd probably go, you'd probably put that emoji up there that goes, <laughs> you know. <laughs> husbands, I tell you, I'll tell you, husbands, they would do anything. They would do anything for you. If you loved your wives like that, they would do anything for you. Yeah. Kim, would you cook me some breakfast in the morning? No. <laughs> But she would get me some, yeah. <laughs> Drive through McDonald's and get it. As husbands, we need to develop a servant mentality. All the husbands are going, oh man, come on now. But it's true. We need to develop a servant mentality and put our wives' needs ahead of our needs and desires. Oh, come on, Allie. That can't be, yeah. What did Jesus do? He put everybody else's needs ahead of his own. Not my will be done, but yours, Father. Y'all just try this. You just try it. See how it works. I'll give you my cell number if you need to call. For example, if there are, listen, here, here's an example. If there are three ice cream bars in the freezer... Don't eat all three of them. In fact, just take one of them and leave her the other two. And if there's only two in there, just take one and leave her the other one. Amen. Don't take them all. 
And if there are two left, take one and leave her the other. If there is one left, leave it alone. <laughs> and find something else to munch on. I got a bag of walnuts. That's what I munch on. Walnuts. They're good. I like walnuts. They're expensive, but they're good. Put your wife's needs and desires ahead of your own. Okay, husbands, have we got this down? Have we got this down, husbands? I didn't hear much of nothing there. Amen, pastor. But there's much more to it. Than that, but we've got to move on. We're going to move on to something else. Now, let's go to First Peter chapter three, verse seven. First Peter chapter three, verse seven. Amen. And husbands, here's a very important, and uh, I might even say one of the most important commands to us as husbands uh, in the Word of God. First Peter three seven says, "Husbands, likewise, dwell with them." That's talking about your wives. Dwell with them. Delight in them. Uh, wait a minute. Dwell with them, wives, with understanding. And that understanding right there, the word understanding means to be considerate. Be considerate. And, and don't, don't be ignorant of their preferences. How many of you husbands know what your wives like and what they don't like? Because don't quit, quit irritating her. You hear me? I'm not trying to lecture you. I irritate Kim sometimes. But quit that. Quit it, Alan. Okay, Alan. And you quit it. But be considerate and be understanding. Don't be ignorant of their preferences. Giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel. And women just hate this right here. They hate to hear this. All that means, all that means right there, weaker vessel, means that they are feminine and physically, or they could possibly be physically weaker. Most of the time they are. Normally they are. Women are. Yeah, I can arm wrestle Kim and throw her right down. Okay. But there's some women I don't think I'd even try. <laughs> yeah. But Kim, I can do that. So don't women, wives, don't don't get offended by this scripture that calls you a weaker vessel. We know you're not weak. It's it we're talking about uh you're being feminine and you're being a, a weaker vessel in the fact that you're not always as strong as a man, but sometimes you may be stronger than your husband's. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you got that? Can we get past that? Really what it was saying, too, and I looked at, I read some footnotes about this in my Passion Translation, and here's what it says. It says, back then, when this was written, this scripture was written, that weaker vessel was also kind of referring to widows or, or the female orphans in those days were horribly disadvantaged. And in the time that this was written, and uh, women were often oppressed back then by political operatives and people back in those days. Women, in fact, in the churches and the synagogues back then, the women had to sit in the back of the church. Uh, and the men were all up front. I think we're going to try that next Sunday. No, no. But that was the culture. Listen, that was the culture. You have to always realize, too, that some of this uh, reference, some of the references in the Scripture have, have, in that culture, that day and time was when they were written. I'm not trying to change the message. But you need to take in consideration 
the time that it was written and, and who, who Paul was talking to and about at that time. As being, so they're the weaker, weaker vessel as being heirs together. We're heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered. What? That your prayers may not be hindered. Guys, do you want your prayers hindered as a husband? Don't you want God to hear your prayers? So you better treat your wife right. The Message Bible says it like this. Be good husbands to your wives. Honor them. Delight in them. As women, they lack some of your advantages. But in the new life of God's grace, you're equals. Hello. In the new life of grace, you're equals. Treat your wives then as equals so your prayers don't run aground. What happens when your boat runs aground? You stop. You stop. And it stops right there. So I don't want my prayers hindered. Are you seeing this, husbands? This is important now. How we treat our wives will have a direct effect upon the effectiveness of our prayers. Amen. Now, the word hindered there, and this is in my notes, it literally means rendered fruitless. Your prayers will be rendered fruitless. In other words, now, I don't, I don't know about you, but when I pray, I pray with the intent that my prayers are being fruitful every time I pray. And when I pray, I believe the answer is coming. Amen? So what the Holy Spirit is saying here to us, here through Peter's writings, is that the way we treat our wives is going to have a direct effect on whether our prayers are going to be answered or not. Peter was married. Y'all know that? He was married. Because Jesus healed his mother-in-law. Amen. So as husbands, so let me just paraphrase. I want to just paraphrase this to us as husbands here today. As husbands, we can't treat our wives with disrespect and dishonor them and belittle them and then go pray about something and expect God to answer our prayers. What God is saying here to us is, as husbands is, if we do that, if we disrespect our wives or we treat them disrespectfully and then we go and pray about something, it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. I'm watching the way you treat your wife, God says, and, I, and family, and then you come to church and pray to God for a job promotion or a new boat. It ain't happening. I've never prayed for a new boat. I just want to ride somebody else's. That's better. You don't have to take care of it. You just ride it. When Ronnie's got a boat. I'm going to ride it. One of these days. But that's what God is saying here. So, so maybe the reason you haven't seen the answers to your prayers could be because of the way you've been treating your wife and family. Amen. Amen. I didn't say that. God said it. God said it. I think this is an eye-opener for some of us. Amen. So how many of you men don't want your prayers to be hindered? No, I don't want them to be hindered. And the wives all said. Okay, because the wives, yeah, listen, you're together. You're one together in there. The wives don't want it either. They don't want your prayers to be hindered. Let's go back and look at that verse a little closer, at this verse a little closer. First Peter 3, 7, the Amplified Version says this, In the same way you married men should live considerately with your wives, with an intelligent recognition of the marriage relation, See, husbands, let me, let me help you here. Let me help you here. And, and you wives are going to appreciate this too. If there's something 
that you do that really irritates your wives, don't do it. Quit doing it. Quit doing it. Now, see, I know, I know there's some little elbow and going on. Just quit doing it. Just quit doing it. I learned that. Did I learn that, Kim? Yeah, I'm still learning. Did you need to go to get a drink of water or something? (laughs) If you consider yourself a fairly intelligent being, you can figure some things out, guys. You can figure some things out. Peter, we know, was married. Peter, he was a fisherman. We knew that too. Peter, we know, was probably not super well educated. We don't think he really was. We're very well educated. He was a fisherman. He knew how to fish. But Peter was just very practical. He wrote this. Amen. You think about that. He wrote this. He, he was very practical. He was married. He understood. He understood. Amen. Come on, help me now. But one thing Peter did have that really helped him a lot was the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will help you as well. He asked for the wisdom of God, and God gives it. And let me tell you, husbands, if you have not because you ask not. You need to ask for the wisdom of the Holy Spirit in your life. Some of you just don't get it. <laughs> and so what I'm trying to point out here is that what Peter is saying to us in this verse is this. Guys, just use some common sense. Just use some common sense in dealing with your wives. You can never understand them totally, ever. You remember that joke was somebody told about? They wanted to, they had, he got, he had a, a wish from God. He got one wish. He said, well, I want to, I'd like you to build me a bridge to uh, all the way to Hawaii or something like that. He said, oh, we can't make that happen. And now that's a long way. It'll never happen. He said, well, okay, here's my other wish then. Can you help me understand wives? He said, how many lanes do you want on that? <laughs> how many lanes did you want that highway? Because <laughs> women are hard to understand sometimes. They are. They just are. But guys, we just have to have the wisdom of God and uh, common sense. Be considerate of her and her needs. Use your stinking brain. God gave you a brain. Use it. Now, I know some of you guys are saying, yeah, but what about her? Her time's coming. In a few weeks, we're going to get to her, okay? Yeah. Scott's going to be here next week, and maybe the week after that, I'll get to her a little bit. And uh, it'll be her turn. But uh, a couple of weeks for you guys, and then about a year for her. We're going through the rest of it. They got theirs coming. It's coming. But in all seriousness here, Peter, Peter just wants us as husbands to understand that we need to realize uh, what our wives' needs are and honor them by being great leaders, protectors, and providers, caretakers of her and the home. How many wives want that? Just want that. And wives, you've got to help us out here because it's not always easy to figure you out. We don't always know what day it is. So you're, you've got to help us out, okay? Okay. 
Now, that verse goes on to say, with an intelligent recognition of the marriage relation. An intelligent recognition of the marriage relation. When a couple marries, they vow that they will honor, take care of, love, pledge in sickness or in health till death do they part. Right? Is that what we say at the wedding or the funeral? I mean the wedding. (laughs) And when a couple gets married, what's one of the first things they do? What's one of the first things they begin to do? Besides that. Besides that. When they get married. (laughs) They plan... (laughs) They plan their future together. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, you should do that before. That's right. In the, in the literal Greek text of this verse, that phrase of uh, dwell with them with understanding, that phrase right there, dwell with them with understanding, really means with care, with caution, good judgment, with wisdom in looking ahead, and with common sense. I tell you, I wish I had a store and I could sell common sense. I could get rich because this, this world is short of common sense. There is a great demand for common sense today. One of our responsibilities, husbands, is to plan ahead looking for the provision and security in the future. How, what wife doesn't want that? She doesn't want to have to worry or be concerned. That they're going to make it in this. You're, you're the husband. You're the one who's the provider. The best thing you can do for your wife is love God more than anything else. Amen. Husbands, yeah. I can't say, I can't give you any better marriage counseling than that. Right. Love God more than anything else. Yeah. The second best thing you can do for your wife is to love her and your family. Yeah. Love her and your family. More than anything else except God. The third best thing you can do for your wife is to give her security. Wives don't, they don't want to be insecure. They don't want to feel insecure. They want to know and they want to feel confident that their husband's taking care of things. That's what Kim, she's told me that all the time. She don't, when things get a little rocky about certain situations or something, we get it straight. We sit down there and we talk about it and we know what we're going to do. We, We discuss it. We get it right, and we say, we're going to fix this. Am I right, wives? Is that what you want? Security. You want security. She needs to know that you're committed totally to her, and that you'll be there for her and your family, no matter what. Well, how do I do that, Pastor? How did Jesus do it? How did Jesus do it for us? He gave us His all. He gave us His all. And you know, you, you may not have a whole lot to give, but give what you got, guys. Give what you got. Give your efforts to her. A marriage is 100% to 100%. It's not 50-50. You've got to give her 100% and she's got to give you 100%. I said the best marriages are those that, that are made up of people who are two good servers serving one another. 100%. Amen. Amen. Spend quality time with your wife. Spend quality time with your wife. And that's turn the TV off. Put the paper down. Put the computer down. Put the cell phone up. Talk. Just sit down and talk sometime. It's so much fun to do that. You know what me and Kim like to do now? Since I inherited my dad's ranch out here, and we just drive out there. We'll just drive out there to the ranch. And just turn 
turn the truck off. We'll look at the calves. Here comes my little donkey. I got a donkey out there. We call him Jack. We don't. He don't have a last name. <laughs> and uh, we'll just we'll just sit there and talk. We we look we look for coyotes. We watched a coyote run one day across the field there, and we just enjoy them. It's just peace. It's just settle down sometimes. Get away. Take time to be with your wife. Spend some quality time with your wife. And then listen. And then spend quality time with your kids. Yes. You got to do that too. Spend some time with your kids, both of you. It's it's, it's it changes everything. Husbands, let me give you this advice, and I'm going to close here. And I, then I want to pray for all of the husbands here today. Here's my advice. If you will do the, what the Word of God says to do as a husband, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. Your wives will love you and reward you, and God will bless you. And uh, He will take care of you. He'll, he will cause your marriage to be splendid, splendid full of splendor. Let's put it like that. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Let's pray over you. All the husbands in this room, just stay where you are. I don't want you to stand up or anything. I don't want you to I don't want you to feel like somebody's looking at you. I just want you to feel like God's laying his hand on you as I pray over you right now, okay? Father, I thank you for the husbands in this room, the fathers in this room, that you love them, that you know they need help in their marriage. They need help as being husband and 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 uh, and, and father to their kids. And we call for these husbands today to be the head, the source of life in their homes. We call them to be the Savior, the provider of everything in their homes. So as they submit themselves to you and to their wives and children, you will bless them mightily, Lord. In fact, you've already blessed them. Help them to receive from you today all that you already have available for them. Father, give them wisdom to lead and guide their families into the abundant life that Christ has provided. And may they honor, love, protect, and care for their wives and their families more than they ever have in their past. May they always look after the needs of their families above their own personal needs, Lord. May, may they plan for the future and for their finances, for their health, and for the educational needs of their children. More than anything, Father, may they love God above everything else in their lives. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Wow. Now, if your spouse wasn't here to hear that, you get it. Wife, husband or wife, and you let them listen to it. Give it to them and say, don't, don't say, you need to listen to it. Be nice. Quit being mean to each other. Quit being mean to each other, okay? That's not who you are. We're love. Well, God, God's brought His love into our lives by the grace of God. Now, let's spread it. Now, let's take that love and extend it out from where we are. Amen? Amen. God is good, and He does good. And He's always up to something.